Hello friends and welcome to once again a delayed edition of the flagship episode of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Mark Heath, I'm your host. Just two fellow Kings join me this Thursday, both looking very smart indeed, Andy and Stewie, the Doctor and Hutch Hogan. Um, Rossi is going to be on the fan social later on tonight, so he doesn't want to double up, can't take that much uh, that much pressure and stress. Uh, and the big pocket is covering Speedway. So it's just the three of us today, boys. But we have some breaking news to start with, which we'll jump into in a minute. Once I've got you to ask a, answer a very important question, boys, um, which I think a lot of people can relate to, probably ask themselves, discussions with their partner. Andy Hutch Warren, Hutch Hogan, do you wash your legs in the shower? Didn't see that one coming. Um, uh, yeah. You do? Okay. Well, so do yeah. I. Is this so born out of is, is there context? Yeah, yeah, there is con- to add context. My wife thinks it's odd that I wash my legs in the shower. Um, she says, why do you need to bother? You know, obviously you've got the old soap, water drips down, does the job for you. I, I very much make a habit of, of washing my legs and my feet. Um, so, yeah, what's I just your, want to see if I was weird. What's your hair situation on your legs, Mark? Because I think that's um, probably... Fairly, fairly hirsute. Um, obviously, me and my wife differ there. Um, so maybe yep. that's that's where she's coming from. Um, yeah, so you do, yeah. I do. Um, I've got very hairy legs, Mark. And if you don't, if you don't wash, <laughs> if you don't wash a hairy leg, you'd, you'll yeah. be in all kinds of trouble. Um, you're asking, you're asking for trouble there, aren't you? You're the only person I've ever, ever heard in my entire life use the word, the word hirsute, by the way. I've never, Vo- ever heard anybody else use it. Vocabulary, mate. So, what can I say? Used to read dictionaries, didn't I? Um, Stewie. You've, you've often taken a, a different approach to when we have these sort of conversations. Do you wash your legs in the shower? Um, it's not something that I did consciously. And I think, I can't remember if it was with you or someone else, this conversation came up and, and it ah. and it stuck with me. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm probably not washing them as much as I do. I, I was very much of the opinion of your wife. Just let gravity do its work. But you, you're right. They need to be, they need the love and the care and attention to be sort of exfoliated and looked after. So, yeah, they're, they're part of the, the full body wash treatment now. It's part of the package, isn't it? It's, this has been revelatory for Watson. It's going to change the way he showers. Um, let us know what you think. I just, I just thought I'd throw that out, boys, as a as a relatable kickoff to the show. Let's properly kick the show off now, though. You've shown both the boys. I don't need to intro them. Hutchie does wash his legs. Stewie does not, but will from now on. I definitely do. Um, and someone else I'd imagine would wash their legs, boys, because he's a goalkeeper, is Lee Grant, who, uh, breaking news-wise, has joined Ipswich Town. What about that for a segue? Andy Hutch Warren, tell us all about it. Don't know if he washes his legs yet, but you're, you're right. As a goalkeeper, you are going to want to... Got to. You are going to want to wash those legs because you, you get some mud on them. Um, <laughs> and if, so you need to wash them. But breaking news, Lee Grant is no longer a goalkeeper. He is an Ipswich Town first-team coach. His, his Manchester United... Uh, he announced his retirement at Manchester United earlier today, and and a few hours later, he's a, um, unveiled as a a first team coach at, at Ipswich. McKenna's spoken for a while about adding somebody to uh, to his coaching ranks, and he's added someone um, that he knows that he knows pretty well. But important mm. to stress, he's here. He's here to coach the outfield players, which is um, unusual. Yeah, unusual for a goalkeeper. But um, he's very well badged in the world of coaching. Is Lee Grant? Um, so. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what he can do. A long and lengthy playing career. Obviously, he played for the the um, the mighty Derby County as well, which is where I remember him from. Um, but Stewie, a good a good addition on paper. Obviously, he's come from Man United. He's got all those badges. He's got that that long and glittering career behind him at the top level. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you whether Lee Grant is a good coach or not. He must be. He's impressed McKenna enough and Martin Pert to uh, to have got the job. And that's good enough for me. They've seen him close hand. They'll know. I just think you can tell by the warmth of the way fans talk about him, that staff that have worked with him, that he's a, he's a good person, first and foremost, that I think is mm. going to add to the a lot of the values that, that Mark Ashton and co and Kieran McKenna are trying to shape at Portman Road. Um so yeah, another addition to that that coaching staff that's um, starting to look that little bit more fulsome now. We obviously had Charlie uh, Turnbull coming from Fulham midway through last season, and uh, now we've got Lee as well. How many coaches have we got now, then, boys? Just off the top of head in the in the town setup. So so there's obviously McKenna, Martin Pert as number two, first team coach, 
Lee Grant. I think Turnbull has kind of his official title is like head of analysis, but with some coaching in it as well. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, I think that's kind of where coaching ends in terms of in terms of the first the first team. Um, yeah, and then, then there's obviously, obviously Rene Gil Martin. Yeah, and then the keepers. All the rest of them, strength and condition and whatnot. Yeah. Superb. Okay. So Lee Grant is in. Um, another this Manchester all, United. This oh. is all obviously part of uh, Mark Ashton's master plan to bring in loads of goalkeepers. Being a man who played in goal <laughs> himself, he's just pop- populating the staff with with former goalkeepers, obviously. Keepers all over the gaff that he can he can relate to and talk to on their level. Lee Grant, Grant's all, he's already talking about man- management in the future. If you look back at some of his kind of. Um, interviews with MUTV he talks about he's I think he's got all of the sort of the, the lesser coaching badges he's he's hoping to do a pro license talking mm-hmm. about doing a degree in sports business management or, or, or something related to that and then he's also talked about hopefully managing in the future as well so he'd he'd join a a club of um there aren't too many aren't too many former goalkeepers who uh who go on to be a, a success in management can, so. can you think of any uh, Nuno, who was uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, who was at Wolves uh, and then Tottenham as a was a goalkeeper. Um, is Nigel Adkins a goalkeeper? Yeah, or if I'm a, yeah, I think so. Nigel Adkins was. Kevin Blackwell was a was a goalkeeper. Um, there aren't I can't there aren't loads. Of, I can uh, I can think of Peter Shilton, who was a bit of a disaster as a manager, wasn't he? Um, There's one on the tip of my brain that I can't I can't quite remember. There is one that's um oh. That's it, Julian Lupetegui, who's managed um, managed in Spain. Man, it has managed Spain. Um, was oh yeah, goalkeeper Lu- Brian Lu- Gunn. Lupetegui. Uh, does he count as a successor? I'm not sure he does. He's a goalkeeper. I'll give him that. <laughs> that uh, yeah. I've just googled it. There's an obvious one. Dino's off. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Walter Zenga was another one. Mm-hmm. Not many Absolutely. though. I've sent us off down a path I wasn't prepared for here, boys. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to steer now back towards the Manchester I've United got, route. Oh, go on. I've got another, I've got another one, Stu. Yeah. One of our favourite former 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 friends, Leonard Slutsky at Hull. <laughs> we liked him, didn't he? Didn't he? He presented someone with a Russian doll at a. Um, we were in a, like a Hull post match press conference at, when Ipswich played there. He, he brought out a Russian doll and like, presented it to a member of the media as a gift. Where's he managing now? Well, it's not. He's got. He's been in the Netherlands, I think. I don't know if he's still there. He went to Vitesse Arnhem after Hull. I don't know if that lasted very long. I couldn't tell you where he is now. Excellent. Um, if you if you were tuning in for um, obscure keepers, who's coaching now? Congratulations, you found you found the payload. Um, should we move back now, boys, to where I was, I was hoping to take things, which is Manchester United route? Because the next thing I want to talk about, he says, doing a little hand thing, is. Pre-season. McKenna spoke about pre-season, um, confirmed a few things. We already, I think, knew they were going to head to Loughborough, a fine sporting educational university where I myself have graced, boys, the basketball court there, high-level university player that I was. Um, and obviously, we, we've yet to confirm any kind of um, games for pre-season. But it's obvious, isn't it? What's going to happen pre-season? We're going to get we're going to get Man United at Portman Road, aren't we? I think they've got bigger, <laughs> bigger, bigger, bigger plans than games against League One teams. Um, I don't know what Man United are doing this summer, but I feel sure it'll involve many, many air miles. Um, you you never know, but um, and I, I, I imagine I think there is going to be something at Portman Road by the sounds of things, a, mm. a, a Premier League team potentially at Portman Road, but. Um, be great if it was Man United. Oh yes, absolutely. That would be great. It would be good if it was Everton as well, wouldn't it, Stewie? Say that again. It'd be good if if, if it was Everton. Everton, yeah, take that. Um, no, I think it's going to be. Unfortunately, because of the world we're in at the moment, post COVID, Ukraine war, the club have decided they're going to keep things fairly low key, fairly local. So I think it will be the the same that we've had in previous years. The, the usual sort of local games and Ipswich do a lot of travelling throughout the course of the nine-month season. Um, you don't want to be doing too much more of that in the summer if, if if you can't help it. Maybe while they're up at Loughborough, they might do some sort of behind-closed-doors game that 
incorporates a sort of a team up there. Maybe you could get a Man United eleven that's more of a sort of a not necessarily all, all the big names, but whether that's some sort of showcase friendly that people can come and watch, I, I I really don't know. But I would imagine it will be it will be the usual suspects when those those fixtures come out um, in the next few weeks or so. United are off to Thailand, I'm afraid. Oh. They've got Thailand and then they're playing Atletico Madrid in Norway. Um, next year. There's always, ne- this is, this, there's always next year. You're going to America next year, I assume. So Man United in Phoenix or New York or something. That sounds That's like it's going to be Austria from what they said at the Fans oh. Forum recently. Andy Rolls revealed that uh, Kieran McKenna's a, a fan of getting out to the mountains in Austria. Um, and they looked into that quite seriously this year and, and just decided it was, uh, as I said, the world we're in at the moment, it's pro- probably not not wise to uh, to go booking that yet, but that, that could be next year. I'd be up for that. I'd like to, you two, Sound of Music remake on the hills of Austria. I can see that. Never, never seen it, mate. <laughs> to be fair. Of course he hasn't. Yeah, of course he hasn't. Um, and just finally, in terms of this news roundup, boys, before we get onto the meat of the podcast, um, things have gotten even better for Wesley James Burns. He started at the end of the season as town's leading scorer and star player, winning all the awards that matter. He then signed a new deal, um, extending his time at town and no doubt getting a bit of a pay rise. And now, Hutchie, he's been called up for the Welsh international squad and, in theory, could be playing in the World Cup later this year. Yeah, there's there's that to factor in. Um mm. He was asked about Wales on the final day of last season. Like, are you, obviously, you've been in great form, Wes. Are you hopeful of maybe getting involved this summer? And he was like, oh, that's, a, that's a dream, but I'm not going to hold my breath. And um, lo and behold, he should have held his breath. And he's, uh, and, he, and he's made it in, a late call-up. And they've got five games yeah. in June. Five. And he's sure, surely going to get some minutes on the pitch in... In one of those, one of them is their big World Cup um, playoff game against either Scotland or Ukraine mm-hmm. to decide the place at the World Cup. So I, th- I think sort of an uncapped player is unlikely to get the nod in that one. But they've got four Nations League league games. A few of them are at homing in Cardiff. Um, could well be coming back for, for pre-season if, if he ever does return for pre-season because he's he's gonna he's gonna miss the start of Ipswich's pre-season if he's away with Wales this whole time. Mm-hmm. He'll come back with an international cap. We're all delighted for Wes Burns. He absolutely deserves it, and it's great. But do we? Did we really want him going away? He's he's had a few nagging Achilles problems throughout the season. I wanted Wes Burns to have a nice little break and be be back ready to go again for Ipswich from a purely selfish club point of view. They probably could have done without him going away and and playing a, a bunch more football now, but. Um, he's had he's had an okay like a good a good break sort of before before this and the, I, I guess if he spends a month sort of training away with Wales, you're not going to have to run him through the huge preseason. I think he I think a lot of his teammates will um will be a bit envious of of not mm. he's not going to have to do potentially the the big old preseason fitness drive. He might um get a few envious glances that way, but I think. Yeah, you're you're right, Stu. If there's one player that we wanted to have a little bit of a a little bit of a breather, it was um it was him because he worked incredibly hard throughout the entire season. But you gotta hope he just comes back floating on air from a from a summer of hopefully a, achieving one of his career goals and um and keep on keep on trucking from there. He'll come back in totally mint condition, won't he, boys? And as you say, he'll be he'll be bang up for it. May even be heading to the World Cup. That'll be something else then, a nice, a nice problem in a way to have because obviously League One doesn't pause, does it, for the World Cup, as far as I understand it. Championship and Premier League do, but League if One you, doesn't. You, they'd need to find two more players to go. I think if they have like the, the number of call-ups, um, sort of in a, like the same as with a standard international break, if they could have three international okay. call-ups. Um, so I don't know where they're going to find two more players that are going can to in, the World uh, Cup. Can Indonesia make the World Cup? I'm a bit out of the loop on that. I'm going to say no. Yeah. I don't think they can. <laughs> uh, but that might be their best route to do it. So uh, yeah. at, at this point, I would like, I'll put my hand, I will go to Qatar to to cover it our end. You know, it's really um, hot in Qatar though, Hutchie. It's not your sort of weather at all. I'll just take a fan when I... <laughs> be fine. 
Superb. Right then, boys, that's a brief news roundup done and very enjoyable it was too. We've also solved the age-old question, does one wash one's legs in the shower? Let's move on to sexy stuff now, shall we, boys? And I'm going to um, introduce something new to the Kings of Anglia podcast, which is what we call in broadcasting a bed because it's sexy stuff and we can now play in background music. Yeah, baby. Welcome along. Kings of Anglia, sexy transfer chat. End of May, Mark Heath, Stuart Watson, Andy Warren. We're going to talk about potential striking targets for Ipswich Town. I'm not going to be able to keep this voice up for very long, boys, but this is going to play while I invite you to play a little bit of potential striker ping pong. Um, I'm just going to turn it down just in case it distracts you. There we go. It's still there. Um, I sure, can't you've been hear that at all. <laughs> I can. Shall I turn it up again? Why not? There we go. Um, Sue, you've done a little series, shall we call it, of um, looking at potential targets. Must stress potential. We're not saying any of these are actual genuine links, but it's more of a conversational starter, and people like talking about names, gets the people going. Um, and you've done strikers, which obviously is clearly a need for town this summer. Um, we know Caden Jackson's going to be here. We don't know if anyone else will be here. Joe Piggott's still under contract, potentially could be on his way. So I'm going to invite you now, boys, to just have a chat amongst yourselves and maybe toss some names around. Stewie, do you want to serve, being as it's your series? <clears throat> give us, give I us can some do. targets. Yeah, let, let's be completely honest. These series of pieces are just they're just some early summertime filler. And there's That's nothing exactly, wrong with that. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. The football season's finished That for Ipswich, has done for a little while. Everyone's off on their holidays. It's all big, goes a bit quiet. We just chuck in a few names around just for a little bit of fun, okay? I never really understood people that then go, oh, I hate this time of year. If it's not for you, don't worry. It's just a bit of fun, okay? Um, yeah, striker is, is the top priority, isn't it, for, for Ipswich Town? This summer, they... Kieran McKenna, a series of clean sheets, kept them out. But if you look at the goals scored tally, that's where Ipswich Town fell short. James Norwood has gone. McCauley Bond's gone back to QPR. Caden Jackson's signed his new contract. But he's probably not going to be the main talisman starting every, every game, you wouldn't imagine. So at least one, if not two, strikers to come in this summer. Um, who shall I go with to start? Um... Well, I'll start with the most obvious place, and that's uh, that's George Hurst uh, at Leicester City, who we know is on the long list for Ipswich Town, and he's done a story on that uh, a week or so ago. Finished last season on loan at Portsmouth, or had last season on loan at Portsmouth, and uh, scored really sort of uh, found his form in the second half of the season. I think the majority of his 15 goals came after Christmas. Um, 23 years of age, someone that Kieran McKenna will will feel that he can develop and make better. Um, so George Hurst is the first name I'm going to throw out there. Stewie serves George Hurst. What kind of strikers, actually, before you maybe throw a name back, um, do you think Town will be looking to sign? Um, mo- pro- mobile. Profile. Yeah. Mobile. Um, athletic. McKenna's talked about that. I think you can see... You can see by his use of um, use of Caden Jackson that that that's the kind of mould that he wants. Um, like Stu said, Jack, Caden's not going to. I don't think he's going to enter the season as kind of the the main the main man. Um, he'll have a chance to stake a claim for that, and 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 uh, you know I'd love to see him do that. But there's going to be competition for it. So I think that that's the kind of mould. Not necessarily not necessarily the pure um, the pure pace merchant that that Caden is but but that kind of player who's, who's at least got some level of mobility mobility to him I've got some quotes here from Kieran when he spoke at the fans forum and he said I've got a very clear profile of the type of player I like young hungry technical athletic players with a real passion to play for the football club so that gives I think right across every position that gives you a bit of a, an idea of the sort of DNA of the type of player that, that he's going to try to bring Mm. Hurst's an interesting one because he's 
he's been kind of on the scene for for quite some time, hasn't he? He's only twenty three now, but he's been talked about for a long time. He's the son of David Hurst, a former England international. Um, kind of been over to Belgium a little bit. Didn't have an amazing time over there. Had a loan at Rotherham. Didn't have a very good time there at all. Went the whole season without a goal. I think in thirty odd. 30-odd games, but some, something clicked with him at Portsmouth um, under, under Danny Cowley and it, um, things kind of got going. So there's, there's a really good pedigree with him there. It just needs a, a permanent home maybe for him to um, to just find somewhere so, somewhere to sit. Um, mm. Whether that's Ipswich or not, I don't know. Any other names? Come on, let's throw some names around, boys. We've got Hurst. We talked about him. Shui, do you want to throw throw another name in? That's not how tennis works, is it? Is that was that a false serve? Did that one go oh, into sorry. the net? Hutch, Hutchie, that, Stu, that's my bad. Stu has got a fifteen man long <laughs> list here, um, and I'm not going to I'm not going to chuck anyone in off off Stu's list. Uh, my list isn't very long at all. I've got three. Go on then. Um, but I'll, but off my list, I'm going to go with another one who has been reported elsewhere. I think TWTD reported in some interesting in, in Corley Woodrow at, at Barnsley, um, who's in a similar situation to Hurst as kind of being on the on the long list. He, he's a technical striker. He's he looks to me whenever I've seen him, um, he kind of reminds me as a as a more mobile Joe Piggott um, in terms of profile. Um, He's he can do a little bit of everything. His touch is good. His link plays good. He's a a decent finisher, but he's not always been a regular starter at, at various clubs. He was at Bristol City for a bit. Um, he's got a year left on his contract at Barnsley. He's one that's always always interested me. I'll be honest, mainly because he was really good for Fulham on an early of, early version of Football Manager, <laughs> um, which were very very long time ago. But um, yeah, he he's one that I'm, I'm not surprised he's on a long list. Um, mm. Which I imagine this list is fairly fairly lengthy. The data dashboard feeding in. Um, I've stopped the bed, boys, because I I felt like it was actually changing the cadence of how we were talking. We're, we're starting to talk a little bit faster and then slower when it slowed down and stuff. So I've got rid of it. It's done its job. Um, so we've got George Hurst, Kaylee Woodrow, Stewie. Do you want to backhand another name? Uh, yeah, I think we we need to talk about Freddie Ladapo, who has uh, been released by Rotherham following their promotion. Back to the championship, he put in a transfer request back back in January. Um, this is a player who has scored fifteen plus goals for a League One club on three occasions in recent years. He did it for Plymouth once. He's done it for Rotherham twice. So he's a proven goal scorer at this level. He's um, from this neck of the woods. He came through the Colchester youth ranks, so geography shouldn't be a problem in trying to bring him back down south. Twenty nine years of age. Um, so he's someone that you would imagine would be on a long list for Ipswich Town. Um, <clears throat> Kieran McKenna was was quite complimentary about him prior to Ipswich's game um, at the New York Stadium towards the back end of the last season. He certainly ticks a few of those boxes where we talked about being athletic and mobile and and quick. So um, he's certainly someone someone to consider. Hmm. He doesn't he doesn't set my pulse racing. I, I know he's got a. Uh... He's got a good history of League One of League One goals. I don't know why it just doesn't doesn't set my pulse racing. That one he would, if if they were to sign him, it would feel to me like they were still looking for the main main man. That would, that would be another kind of squad squadman. Um, mm. I don't know. I might be proved horribly horribly wrong, but that that one it doesn't doesn't thrill me. Give us a name that would thrill you, Hotchie, off your your now short two man list. Uh, no, it's a three man list. That's still, oh, that that that, that was in addition. Three. I've still I've Go still on. got three more. Um, we've talked about the, we talked about Johnson Clark Harris a lot over mm. this summer. I don't know if we need to talk about about him a load more, but I think if you could, that do, that does interest me. I think there are some there are some red flags there. There are some reasons why he might not fit the profiling that we've just spoken about there, but he has also like scored 33 goals on his last attempt in League One and also hit double figures in the championship last season. He's mobile. Um he has some red he's had some previous red flags over his fitness and the condition that he's come back in after summers, which um would be something that would put clubs off. Um but but I quite like him. I think he I I 
I quite like what what he could what he could bring. I think you could deal do a deal with <clears> Peterborough there, but you'd need he would need to for the finance that that would cost to get done. He would need to be you'd need to be so sold on him um, mm. to make that happen. And from what I gather, that's not necessarily the case. So um, I don't think that's one that will necessarily happen, but I think it's one that I'm, I feel sure it's one that they will have, have at least checked out and discussed. I think he has acknowledged the, the, the conditioning issue, hasn't he? Because I, I read some quotes from him saying that he's not having a holiday this summer um, to make sure that he's in, Tip top condition. Play- yeah, he's playing for Jamaica. He's he's yeah. in the, he's in the way he's playing. He's play- kind of playing his first load of international <laughs> football for Jamaica. And he, by all accounts, the fitness thing was sorted by the end of the season. But it, I would still be a red flag for me as a as a manager that that you've got a player that's come back in that kind of nick for what was a really big championship season for him. That's mm. not what you would want. So I feel sure that if 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 you were discussing Johnson Clark Harris, that would be that would be something that you'd be considering quite heavily. Mm. I'd love to be there on the first day of training camp, boys, as an aside, where you the players all, I'm assuming they have their their biometrics done, their, their weight, their body fat, all that kind of stuff. And if you've come back in, in anything less than tip-top condition with, uh, what's his name, Sergeant Major John Ashton. John Ashton, the, the strength and conditioning guy you see jogging around with the players, you might be in trouble. I can imagine he's the sort of man that makes you drop and give him 40 uh, and then makes you run laps. Uh, anyway, that's an aside, boys. <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine this pre-season is going to be very different to the type of pre-season that Paul Cook would have had planned as manager. Paul Cook was a very old school. He liked to take his players to the beach and get them running up and down sand dunes and getting in the sea. And there's a bit of uh, drinking going on for, for team bonding. It was a big part of, of pre-season. Kieran McKenna, I imagine the footballs are out from day one. It's going to be a lot more technical um, going to be, you know, they're, they're trying to get some new pitches put up at the, the training ground, and you know, it's going to be a lot more ball work, I would imagine, which which the players enjoy and respond to a yeah. lot more. L- yeah. Loughborough University and and the sea are very different in terms of sort of the beginnings of pre-season, aren't they? And boxing gyms, that was another one of uh, of Paul Cook's favourites, local boxing gyms, and the sea. Um, I'd love to yeah. know. I'd love to get in because this is obviously something that I'm interested in anyway. But all those things, all those facilities that I have at Loughborough, I mean, literally elite level facilities for measuring like all sorts of body composition stats and VO2 max and everything like that. I wonder if they're going to get involved in all of that. That would be tremendous to have a little insight into that. Anyway, we're digressing here. Stewie, do you want to whack a striker back over the net? Yes, I will. I'll mention Jerry Yates at Blackpool. He uh, He's had a couple of promotions. He, he went and scored a Quite a few goals for Swindon in League Two. Uh, got a move to Blackpool off the back of that and then helped get them promoted. I think he scored 23 goals all competitions when Blackpool made their late surge into the playoffs and, and got promoted. And he's kind of been in and out of their team in the Championship last season, but he's been described as someone that's a, a really good all-rounder, can hold the ball up. He's got a decent amount of pace. He's very skillful as well. Got some dancing feet in the box when required. He's 25 years of age. Um, I think he he, uh, he fits the profile that we've, we've discussed under Kieran McKenna and uh, is very much obtainable for Ipswich Town. Hmm. Any thoughts, Hutchie? Um, yeah, I I paid a bit of attention to him when he was at Swindon. They had a, a strike force of him and Owen Doyle who were kind of working really well together. Both of them were were players that they wanted to keep around for quite a while, but it became quite apparent that they couldn't with Yates and he was had a quite a nice upward upward trajectory. Um but yeah he sort of played he played on the left, didn't he, when Swindon got promoted. Yeah. He was sort of left side of a front three and then yeah. someone else scored they shared the goals out. I mean Owen, Owen Doyle scored the bulk of them, but they had Yates and then uh was it Keshi Anderson who also went to Blackpool as well. They yeah. signed the the pair of them. Um yeah, that's that's why I've, I think he's Blackpool have used him a little bit more more centrally, um, but I think Ipswich will be looking for for players that have that not only can can do it in this level, but players that they feel that they can kind of carry to the championship in in the longer term as well, and um, that's that's why I've kind of picked him out. Can I throw a name into the mix that I guess a lot of people will will have seen and, and will be aware of because of how successful he was last season for a, a side that weren't 
kind of battling up the top end of the table. Saw him score against Town um, and score some belting goals. A name that a lot of people will be thinking about. Cole Stockton, boys. I know he's on your list, Jerry, so I've nicked one from you there. But um, how, how would you feel about Town maybe being involved in, in something like that, Hutchie? Is he the, is he the right sort of player? Um, te- <clears throat> he, he's maybe... I wouldn't say he's athletic particularly. I think he's more technical. Mm. Um I, I'm not sure he's one they would go for, no. Um, he is a very similar... If you look if you look at what they've done in the last few years, if he's, they're, they're different players. He's more technically gifted, but Joe Piggott just scored that many goals in a struggling League One team and hasn't done the business for Ipswich. James Norwood, they, they've kind of taken a player in his later years um, at the top end of the pitch who'd come off a really hot season and it doesn't always work out for them. Um, I like Stockton. I hope he gets a move. I don't think he would be hugely expensive um, and mm. I'm sure somebody in League One would take a chance. I think for for me, it probably not, um, but I think somebody will. Um, and I know there are some some teams interested in him. I know MK Dons are one of them. Um, who are interested in him. Um, so I hope he gets a move because I like players that have got to that kind of have taken a long route to it, but have got there. He's he's 28, I think, something like that. He's got to this position where he's just had a really good season in the in the third tier for a for a poor side. Um, and I hope he gets a good move out of it. But I'm not sure that Ipswich will be his his destination. It's his first season in League One since, I'm just having a look at his career, since 2013-14 with Tranmere, and he's kind of been a, a League Two slash conference player mm. ever since. And that's taking absolutely nothing away from what he did last season with Morecambe. We saw it with our own eyes in, in the two games against Morecambe, particularly at Portman Road, scored some absolute worldies. But is that enough for Ipswich to really sort of plant their flag in the ground and go, you're going to be the man that's going to guarantee us those goals next season. I don't know. Yeah. So I suppose with all of these kind of signings, they're going to be looking at making the summer. They're not just going to be looking at, these are really good league one players potentially, are they? They're going to be looking at being able to, to go up through the leagues, you'd imagine. And someone like Stockton, I would guess, I mean, obviously Stu just called him a, a cart horse there, but you, you might, <laughs> you might worry that maybe league one is, the highest he'll ever sort of go. Yeah, I think that was the thinking with Norwood, potentially with Norwood, wasn't it? Yeah. That that, that might be a ceiling, um, potentially. And it may well prove to be that way for Norwood. Um, mm. And Piggott maybe also too. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's why I'd maybe feel not, not so much with, with Stockton. But I, I do really hope he gets a good move because this, it, it, this is his kind of chance of, of making a semi-life-changing financial move too. Yeah. Um, this is his. This is his top chance to do that. Several hundred thousand pounds, I imagine it would take to get done. Low end of that. Mm. Um, we'll see. You don't know how players like that are going to respond to playing under the pressure of playing for Ipswich Town in front of the crowds mm. that are there either. As well, you're taking a leap into the unknown. It might be, and we're talking about Cole Stockton here, but you could be talking about anybody of that sort of career profile. Some of them might absolutely thrive. I don't know the personality involved here necessarily might love it and take them to a complete new level but some mm. could get crushed a little bit by it and and it doesn't work so um I, I would imagine James Norwood if you sat down and spoke to him say that that was a bit of a learning process um dealing with sort of playing for the badge of Ipswich Town and the, the greater fan base and the, the greater spotlight on him um Joe Piggott has probably gone through a bit of a process of of that as well so that is certainly something for Ipswich to consider how are they going to deal with the pressure of playing for this club and, and I think it will help if they've if they've maybe on their career got some experience of of playing in that sort of pressure cooker you know like someone like George Edmondson is a young player but he you know he'd already played for Rangers for example and so you know you know they've dealt with the goldfish bowl of a Rangers and everything that comes with that it's not going to be a massive culture shock coming to uh, to somewhere like Ipswich for example Mm. Right then, should we should we speed up a bit on this this old ping pong? Hutchie, you've got a couple more names you want to throw in? Yeah, um, we. I think I feel sure we'll have talked about this striker before at some point over the last few years. Um, Lawrence Shankland, who 
has scored a bucket load of goals in Scotland, previously at mm. Dundee United. He's now in Belgium playing for for Beershot, I be- believe it's pronounced. Um, I don't know that. But he's playing in Belgium and it hasn't quite gone the same way that it had done for him in Scotland. Um, but he did still score. He was he, he scored a few. Um, yeah, I wonder if I wonder if he might be one that um, that at least is being looked at. He's still relatively young, I think, and he's been linked with with a move back to Scotland with either Hearts, Hibs, or or um, Aberdeen, I think. Um, but he's still t- he's twenty six, six foot one, mobile, good finisher. Reminds me of James Norwood, actually, in, in style a little bit, but maybe with a bit more control about him. Um, so, yeah. Lawrence okay. Shankland. Stewie, your thoughts and any other names you want to return with? Uh, I'll return with Reese Healy, who, who is a name that interests me because he's taken a bit of a different career path. He's a young man from Manchester who kind of, had to go to Wales and he played sort of very much lower league in the Welsh. He played Welsh Premier League. Then he got in at Cardiff. Then he got loaned out several times. And I think he had two spells at Colchester uh, early in his career. And, and eventually that sort of nomadic existence led him to MK Dons on loan, scored a few goals for them, signed for them. And then he scored a ton of goals in 1920 for MK Dons in League One. Uh, I think 11 in 19, so pretty prolific. And off the back of that, he goes to France. I think it was Damien Camoli, who is the, uh, you might remember as being mm-hmm. the sort of the, the agent and involved with, I think he was involved with Liverpool and Tottenham, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure we've done a, a story on him actually being quite complimentary of Kieran McKenna. They've crossed paths at, uh, at, at times in the past, but he's now involved with Toulouse in France. And, uh, persuaded Reese Healy to go over to the second division of France, where he's been pretty prolific for two seasons in a row um, and has just fired Toulouse to the French second-tier title. So as it stands, he's gearing up to play PSG and Messi and Neymar and co next season. But um, as we've seen, Ipswich have, have been able to persuade Bursant Salina to, to swap French second-tier football to, to come to Ipswich uh, last summer. I just wonder whether that that might be a market that they could that you're persuading someone like that to come back to England and get your career in English football back on track might be something they can do. It would, it would be an ambitious move uh, because he's been linked to Premier League clubs as well as, as Championship clubs, but Ipswich I think financially could compete, and then they might be able to say you could go to a Premier League club, but you're you're going to get lost a little bit. You're going to be a, a bench player at best. Come here. Um, and you can you can be the main man and score some goals. So, um, Reece Healy. Like it. Hutchie, have you got one more name on your list? Yeah, I've got one more, and, and this is a player that I know you're incredibly familiar with, Mark. Aaron um, Joinen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's the saviour. Uh, no, it's uh, from the Dutch, the Dutch second division. Oh, yeah. Um, from Excelsior, Tice Dalinga who is 21 years old, has scored 35 goals in the Dutch second division for Excelsior. And uh, I love him already. He's a good striker. He's a good player. He's, uh, he's got, he's mobile. He's got, he's got, if you can imagine this, right, he's got, I'm going to say Brett Pittman, but then I'm going to add in, but I'm going to add in some mobility as well. He's a bit unorthodox (laughs) in the way that he moves like, like Brett Pittman. Um, but but more mobile, quicker, um, and and more fitting of the Kieran McKenna profile, I would say, than uh, than um, than Brett Pittman in many ways. Uh, so you, yeah, I mean, here you've been digging in some crates, Hutchie. This is like when you used to buy CDs or records, you just go right to the back. And I mean, where's this name come from? He, first of all, I love him. He plays for a team called Excelsior, which sounds badass um and he's called Tice Delinga which yep. again is, is a tremendous name where, where have you where have you seen him play and where's this come from I've seen him play for for Excelsior in the Dutch Amazing. second division yeah <laughs> from no from a high there's a there's a regular kind of highlights show of uh of Dutch football that I 
that I watch. I, I, of course I, you do. I, I quite like Dutch football. Um, so yeah, I, I'm aware of him from from previous. Well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've watched loads of his games. Yeah. Um, but I have watched a lot of his goals. Um, so yeah, he he's he could well still get his team promoted to to the Eredivisie. So again. Finance might be a, a slight issue here, but I think Ipswich, Ipswich can could do deals with the Dutch second division. But I I like him. I don't I'm think sold. they will. Well, they're, they're not going to sign this guy. Um, <laughs> clear, clearly, uh, Brexit is obviously an issue with signing signing European players now. Makes it a bit harder. Not impossible, but um, if everyone, if you just go away and watch watch a little highlight video of, of Ty Stalinger, and um, how are we spelling that, Andy? T H I J S is Tice and Dalinga yeah. is D A L I N G A. Tice right. Dalinga. You had me uh, at Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I've got a new favourite. He might never play, never ever play for Ipswich Town, which is a shame. Um, I, I feel absolutely certain he will never play for Ipswich Town. <laughs> There's every chance he won't play in England. There's every chance he won't ever even come to England in his life. But he is uh, he's 21 years old and. Um, yeah, I just thought I'd chuck him in. Why I feel not? sure now that Tyce Delingo has got quite a lot of new fans in the KOA army who will be following him regardless. Um, Stewie, I know you've still got quite a lot of names left on your list, so do you want to zip through a few and Hutchie, you can just shout out if you want to say anything about any of them? Yeah, I've I've, I've had added more names as time's gone on. I'm going to throw one on there that wasn't on my original list that I put on the thing. I, I've seen a couple of people mention him on, on social media. Benica Phobi, okay. 29 years of age, has played... A lot of championship football. He's certainly strong, um, mobile. With, um, so attributes-wise, fits the bill. And sounds like he's uh, surplus to requirements at, at Stoke, who uh, are one of several championship clubs needing to kind of uh, cut the wage bill back a little bit. So I'll put him on there. 29. So still, still got some good years ahead of him. I always really liked him. He's a proper little... In the muscle hamster kind of category of striker, <laughs> isn't he? He's, um, you know, oh, what was his name? Um, he's at Colchester now. John Akindi as well. He's nowhere near. A phobia is a much much better player, but those kind of players I, I always quite like. They're mm. strong. They're not particularly big, which means you're not lumping the ball up in the air to him, but you are getting it into them for a bit of bit of control. And a phobia is a good finisher as well. Um, He's uh, yeah. he scored twelve goals for Millwall last season on loan, so he's you know doing it in the division above in recent months. He's had a spell at Bristol City only a few years ago when when Ashton would have been there. So I don't know if that counts for anything. He'll have certainly dealt with his representatives if if they've stayed the same. Um, so he, he was an interesting one. I thought obviously um, played for the likes of Wolves and Bournemouth and. Um, has an academy sort of background rooted at Arsenal, doesn't he? So that was a name that sort of uh, pricked my ears when when I heard him mentioned. Keep going, Stu. Oh. Keep throwing names oh. at us. Sorry, Stu. Stu, can we talk off your list about Marcus Force, please? Yes. Yes. Quite like him. Yeah, I think I've mentioned him on previous lists before. He's still only twenty-two. Feels like he's been around a little while, but he's. Uh, I remember him scoring. He first sort of came to my attention when he went on loan to AFC Wimbledon. Uh, had a really good goal-scoring record during, during a loan spell there. Went back to Brentford. Was the sort of super sub type player for Brentford the year they got promoted. I think he got into double figures for goals there. Wasn't quite able to sort of uh, hold down a place once they got to, to the Premier League and, and finished last season on, on loan at Hull. So... I think he's got a really long-term contract at Brentford. They liked him enough to give him a, a deal till 2026. So whether that would be uh, prevent Ipswich coming to the party for a permanent deal or whether it would have to be a loan with an option to buy, I don't know. Brentford may have grander plans now with, with the likes of Christian Eriksen and the way they've taken to Premier League football. Um, yeah, I thought, he, I thought he was an interesting name to put on there, Marcus Force. Hmm, hmm. Can I throw another name in there off your list, um, Stewie? In terms of profile, it's probably the, I guess, the highest profile. Andy Carroll. For not for one minute do I think this will, <laughs> will happen, but I thought it was a good conversation starter because yeah, 
Ipswich will have a way of a very clear way of playing, a possession way of playing under Kieran McKenna. That is that is clear. But there have been examples that there will be times where Ipswich get frustrated as hell against a team who park the bus and the days where that sort of possession football and they can't get past two banks of four or whatever it is, and you need a bit of a plan B at times. And I don't think Ipswich are going to suddenly bring on a big man and lump it up. But there's an argument that if you're going to be carrying three or four strikers, that maybe just that sort of more physical, taller option is required. Now, you're going to have to pay a fair bit of money in wages to get Andy. He's a free agent. Hmm. It sounds like he's got himself back in good nick. We know he's... We know he's, he's how his career's panned out. Big money, big, big money move to Liverpool. Injuries have derailed him ever since. But um, he's a good player, Andy Carroll. And it sounds like West Brom were quite reluctant to let him go. Steve Bruce was, was quite complimentary about him in terms of how he's got himself in good nick. Um, so I just thought I'd chuck him on there as a conversation starter because he's a I name like every, everybody knows. And... He's not just, he's better. We shouldn't really just sort of dismiss him as this big lump that you can stick the ball up to. He's very good in the air, obviously, but Mm. um, he's pretty mobile as well. Um, Andy Carroll, I can't say I watched loads of him last season. He finished up at Reading on a short-term contract. Um, uh, He's played for West Brom as as well. So, um, yeah, still only 33 as well. Blimey, he feels like he's been around forever, doesn't he, Andy Carroll? Certainly 33, a whippersnapper. Um, any other names? I don't want you to literally just read your list out, Stewie, but any other names you want to talk about or Hutchie you want to throw into the mix before we bring this Can segment Can we have a conversation? Name? I'll throw this one out to you. Can we have mm-hmm. a conversation around David McGoldrick, who finds Ooh. himself without a club? Gentlemen, what a tease you are. Um, David McGoldrick. They say never go back. What's your thoughts? 34 now, David McGoldrick, but... It depends if he's going to move down here. Yeah. Um, I would say never go back would would be probably where I'd leave that. Um, I think I think so as well, but I just thought it would be worth <laughs> throwing his name in the mix. I think the problem clearly was that he, the long commute and yeah. all the injuries at Ipswich, but, you know... He's he's gone back. He's gone to Sheffield United and then almost become a bit of a a modern club legend there with with what he's done for them. Mm. I'm not sure if you describe him as kind of mobile, athletic, dynamic in in the mould that sort of no. McKenna's talking about. I mean, you could not necessarily play him as a number nine, but you could have him drifting about in one of those double number oh. ten slots and, and still yeah. doing some damage at League One. There, I'm sure that's that is the own that's the only spot on the pitch I'd consider him consider him for um yeah there's there's not the mobility there to play as a nine for for McKenna but mm. clearly got ability I'd be interested to see where he does where he does kind of resurface now because he's he's not he's he's still gonna have a couple of years left in him at least isn't he so uh yeah we'll see I'm a pathetic moth to the flame when it comes to names like that um, I'm like a magpie just drawn to shiny things. She says David McGoldrick, and my eyes light up. If you said to me Didier Drogba, she, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> um, whereas you two are obviously a lot more measured and, <laughs> and relaxed. And, and there's probably a few, there's some other names that aren't quite sort of Andy Carroll celebrity on there, but someone yeah. like Charlie Austin, who's been released by, by QPR, has obviously got a certain uh, sort of aura surrounding his, his name. Um, I want him back at Swindon. I want him to go back to Swindon, where it, where it all began for him. That's what that's what I want him to do. Narky Wells, go. someone who's had some big money moves in the past. Mark's nodding away. He's, uh, I think he's he's available for transfer at Bristol City. Still only thirty one. Narky Wells. Yeah, but just generally, boys. I mean, obviously, we talked about a sort of striker that that Town want. Do you? Uh, I'm talking here about names and they get me going and, and strikers and stuff. But when you make a striker signing, it's the sexiest possible signing that a club could make, isn't it? So are you, if you're, she's vanished, if you're looking to make a signing, does name value come into it with a, with a club like Ipswich Town or are you surely just looking for? No, I know. I'm really, I'll be honest. I'm really struggling to kind of place Ipswich's recruitment this summer. Mm. Um, I, I, I think I think it's clear that there's uh, some things that they want, and it will be the the kind of profile we've spoken about, athletic, um, yeah, 
hungry, someone that can move through the levels. But that 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 could come from anywhere. That doesn't have to that that doesn't have to have a name. They don't have to have done it before. I've just got a, I, I don't know. There's a feeling with this coaching stuff. They might see some slightly different things. Um, We've lived so through I, that era of the Ipswich Town, haven't we? The Paul Jewell era was was the era of names when it was like Jimmy Bullard and yeah. uh, Lee Bowyer and they were getting linked to people like Woodgate and Upson in, in their latter years. and Rio Coca. Um, yeah, didn't really work out, did it? No. Um, sort of the, the dad's army approach. Um, there's a place for experience and good characters and, and uh, I can't remember the American phrase you used, but the sort of good off locker room from, guy. Locker, locker room, room guy, guy, yeah. There is a place for that and if you're talking about carrying three or four strikers and it's going to be someone that has a part to play here and there and they can add some extra value off the pitch there is there is something to be said for that but um are you paying a bit of a premium for the name and is that money better used elsewhere the great thing about Kieran McKenna is you know his youth background and I'd, I'd be more excited about almost someone that I've virtually never heard of Mm. Coming in, that, that can Tice. be just as exciting. Kai <laughs> Stalinga. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure Striker's the place for that kind of locker room guy. I think that's what Sonny Aluko's great, great strength is. I think they've they've got someone there. Obviously, you, you you can have more than one. You don't just need one. But kind of in the forward unit, I would say they've got they've got their guy in in that kind of kind of role. But um, go and splash the cash on Tice Delinga, Mark Ashton. Um, and send me some commission if you've never heard of him. Absolutely, you've got you've got to have at least five percent of that deal, Hutchie. There, you're pushing him. Um, Tyson Linger, Andy Carroll up top, start of next season. Why not? <laughs> so shift a few shirts. Um, right, boys, a, that bring... Do you want another sexy name that I know that will get a reaction out of you? Sado Berrino. Oh yeah, been let, let go by Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, see, I knew that would get that reaction from you. There's another. Yeah, he did. What happened to him? Because I. I kind of, I mean, I saw them sign him and thought that's a tremendous signing. Obviously, there's there's issues in the past there, but um, obviously, it didn't work out for him there. He got a I few goals for them, I think, in the end last season. But there seems to be someone that comes with a bit of with a bit of off-field baggage at, at times. He's never been away from sort of far away from headlines, has he? Got eight goals last season for Sheffield Wednesday. And there was there were periods I seemed to see a bit of noise around him saying, "Yeah, if we can get him back to the old Barrino, he's a good player." But ultimately, he's, he's not got himself a new contract there. I'd sign him. <laughs> You're just saying yes to all of them. Absolutely, You'd be a terrible yeah. CEO. Make it rain, baby. Got all that American money behind me. Let's get let's get a a, a fifty man squad like an American football side. With, with names all over the place, it'd be the Galacticos of, of League One. Probably why I'm, I should not be in charge of a football team. Um, boys, that's that's strikers then. And we're going to do other bits and bobs going forward as we approach this long summer. And Stu's obviously doing the series. Um, oh, we were going to talk about something else, but I reckon we're now coming up to an hour, which is a nice, a nice place to end it. Um, so let's leave that for another day. Um, by way of an outro to this, boys, we know all but one of the sides who are going to be in League One next season. Ipswich Town, by the way, already, as you um, put online on Sunday, the favourites to win League One next season. Tremendous. Um, and we're going to find out the final member of League One for next season, the League Two playoff final on Saturday. Obviously, the big game on Saturday is the League Two playoff final and not any game in Paris. Um, any feelings, boys, as to uh, those sides that um, you would rather have in League One? It's uh, Mansfield and Port Vale, isn't it? Have you got any affinity either way, Hutchie? No. Good. <laughs> You're not bothered about one over the other. You don't fancy a trip to Port Vale over Never. Mansfield? No, I've got no thoughts whatsoever. Um, I'll have a little bit of Mansfield, please, so we can see Ipswich's new striker that we're much discussing up against Ollie Hawkins. The man who was brought in ah, yes. to, to be said striker for Ipswich. He's now playing centre half for Mansfield. Of course. Um, slight bit of interest there. Elliot Hewitt at right back for them as well. Yeah. Also, Mansfield's not too far away from from uh, Chesterfield, is it? So you could pop in and see Paul Cook, um, his side progressing into the semi finals of the the uh, the National League playoffs, which is an odd thing. They have quarter finals and semi finals. 
Um, and also, uh, no, 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 no. They are not caught. They are not quarterfinals. That's what they call them. No, they call what they call elim- them eliminators. Oh, okay. Well, that's a lot more sexy. Now, let me put it like that. Eliminators. Yeah, you in on that? I absolutely am. Like, I mean, I'm very much in on playing games in the NBA. We should do that in 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 football. I reckon. I think they should call it a pre semi. <laughs> Amazing, uh, Stuart Watson branding there. Um, Stuart, have you got any any feelings either way? Mansfield, Port Vale. Do you care? Even interested? I've just told you Mansfield. Okay, Mansfield. Ollie, Ollie Hawkins. But no, right. ultimately, I, I don't care. Excellent. Um, that brings us to the end of then of this week's pod, friends. Sorry once again for the delay. Actually, just to uh, tick the or dot the i's and cross the t's. That's Lazio, isn't it? Behind you, your your shirt of the week. Yeah, easy one. Excellent. That's obviously bef- that's obviously for when Ipswich are going to play them in a friendly in the, in the <laughs> summer. Yeah. Yeah, that that seemed that has rumbled on for my entire life. Um, it seems. I don't think that's ever going to happen, is it? I hope so. I hope so. One day. Now we've got yeah. this this big money. Italian tour would be lovely. Yeah, I think the um, I think the clause in any sale of, of Matteo Sereni has probably expired on that. <laughs> on that now. Um, can I can I bring you up? But just before we finish. There was this one one little story that I that I've seen pop up in the last few days about an incident that happened in a Bulgarian football match. Have you seen this? No, do tell. So there's a team called called Sarsko Selo who were trying to stay in the league in Bulgaria, right? And they won they needed to win their game and they won a penalty in the fifth minute of added on time, which if mm-hmm. they scored it, they'd have stayed up. The striker picks up the ball. Yeah, I'm having this ball on the spot. But before he can take it, the club's owner comes running onto the pitch, takes the ball off him, tells him, no, 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 you are not you are not the man I want to take this penalty to keep my team in the league. Hands the ball to the captain, who I believe is a defender, who then went on to miss. Oh, ouch. Imagine like that. Imagine that. Imagine being... Well, a that the owner was it the owner of the chairman, the owner of the club was the owner. So, he was like bursting past stewards to like went onto the pitch to angrily remove the ball from his striker who removed his shirt and just walked off. <laughs> at that point, you're done at that football club. Exactly, uh, yeah. After that, and then then the captain hits the tamest penalty I've ever seen in my life. Um, maybe maybe it may yeah maybe they didn't want to stay up. Who knows? Managers leaving as well, I'd imagine. Um... Anyway, I've also got uh, just some loose ends to type. You know, we finished the last chat talking about hungry hippos as a potential alternate way yeah. to decide football matches. The I thought about that. something that could replace the playoffs as a whole because four player board games, you know, frustration where you press the little dice yeah. in the middle and you can stitch people up by landing on their head and sending them back to the start. We could get that where all four teams sort of come in and maybe um, maybe the crowd are involved as well uh, somehow. You've um, not thought it through. <laughs> not ma- well, I have actually, but I was realising that if I start to go too deep into okay. the rules, uh, we might go too far. Um, How do you pick yeah. them? You just have a representative from each club. They just don't bother yeah. with the captain. You need four, yeah. don't you? Because you have four playing pieces per person. Who are you picking from town then in that scenario? There's no skill involved in just being a piece that goes around a board, is there? I've never played um, frustration. I don't know what it is. It's basically like the simplest board game of all time with the added fun of this weird little plastic dome in the middle that you press and it does the dice for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's it. Have you ever played? What was it? You hadn't heard of Kaplunk as well. What sort of uh, sheltered childhood did you have, mate? When I was a kid. Board games went like this: Hungry Hippos, absolute classic. Operation, yes please. Um, Bucking Bronco, tremendous. Snakes and Ladders, bit dull, bit tame. That was it. That was all, that was all I did. Chess, a little bit as well, because um, obviously I was very cerebral as a child. <laughs> I think maybe I'm just a little bit older than you boys. Have you ever played Operation? You are. You are yeah. a bit older. That's, that's true. Fact. That's fact. So maybe there's just that that slight gap in our in our kind of cultural crossover knowledge. You must have played Operation, though. Yeah. 
that is the classic. Yeah. Stu's looking at me like I've, I'm, I'm from space now. No, I I've, think Stu, uh, Stu looks like he's Googling board games. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm genuinely just... Uh, I, I'm not having it that Kaplunk and um, frustration kind of pre post date. I've got, you. I've got another, another one, obviously, Mousetrap. That was a banger. That was a classic. Um, Jenga, you played that? Yeah, everyone's done Jenga, haven't they? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not sure that counts as a board game, but you'd always go, you'd always go operational Hungry Hippos if I was picking Hungry Hippos, probably just because it combines that, that um, aggression as well as a board game. We're digressing here, boys. <laughs> Mate, you started off this up. podcast asking us if we wash our legs. You can't, you can't, you can't then grumble. Grumble guilty at as, the end. Guilty as charged. Um, all that is left then for me to uh, remind you about is a couple of things, actually. Um, first of all, we've got our very own large boy in the house, Pachi, and I'm pointing at you. And that's a reference to the uh, large boy, large boy's shirt, wasn't it? The uh, the shirt that you held up on uh, Ipswich Town, my favourite. Ipswich Town 11. I wasn't just uh, dissing you. Okay. Uh, yep. So you're just it... body shaming him for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. Hey, another reason why this podcast is going to end up in HR. Yeah. <laughs> no, my friend, you you held up uh, a large boy's shirt as part of your your my favourite Town 11 um, chat with, with Mike Bacon, didn't you? Which is on our feeds. If you've not listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's excellent. Some superb stories in there as well, Hutchie. Who, whose was the large boy's? Was it a keeper's top? Top of my head. There's a, there's a few large. No, um, no, I don't think. So. Well, it might have been. There's a couple of large boys in there because because <laughs> I at one stage that's what the sizing used to be. What right? are you talking so, about? So when I... that that was the si- that proper actual sizing of kits. Like, yeah. I have some, as you are aware, quite a few football shirts on that rack. Yeah, and some of them are from my childhood. At which point, in a slightly different time, the sizing. Was actually called Large Boy. Yeah, well, do they not call? Is it not that anymore? What is it now? You cannot call a sh- football shirt a Large Boy shirt in twenty twenty two, Stu. What do you call it then? It has to be a size. It has to have a. What is it called? Uh, right. Um, okay. Is it, is it right. the use of boys that's a problem? Do we need it's, to get? No, it's 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 the combination, isn't it? Large Boy. Oh, right. I'm going. I'm going to go on the. Fo- I'm going to go on the football shaming. club website now, and see. But this you can't. They surely the they're not calling it large boy. It's a car crash. I think it's great. I, I think people <laughs> no, who enjoy listening fine. to this. Right. What Kit. sizing can you get? What can you get? Well, this isn't very helpful because they appear to not be selling any Ipswich Town kits anymore on their website. Maybe you just call it boys now. Right. Well, I'm going to another men. club's website. Hold on. Hold on. We're gonna have to. We're gonna find out an answer to this. While Hutchie's looking, I'll just also well, what, point out. Yeah, sorry, Karen. what was your what was your original point about me being a large boy? Go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't already listened to it, because I I very much enjoyed it, and that large boy was a a, a cheeky reference uh, by way of segue to teasing that Hutchie. Um, Sounds like a new nickname. I like that. <laughs> large, we, haven't your, we haven't used your new nickname today, either, have we? What's that? What was it? Uh, there was a comment on on one of the videos. What were you called? Heath. Heath the Beef Meister, or be- I can't remember what it was. We talked about it in our group chat, and you didn't like it. It was, uh, I believe, it was Heath the 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 Beef Chief Chap Meister, or something. It sounds to me like a comment that Mike Bacon would have left. I've got to be honest. Heath the be- Heath the Beef, or something. <laughs> anyway, um, again, I- I'm assuming you can't buy sizes in in beef. Um, Hutchie, have you have you discovered? Yeah. Yeah, I've got an answer for you. It's it, it's all done on kind of ages now. Okay, uh, okay. So, they've got around it. Yeah, so like seven to eight, nine to ten, eleven to twelve. What when if I don't to... identify as a nine-year-old at the age of nine? There's a problem there. Oh, this is a Pandora's box. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, wrap it up. I'm so sorry, friends, about the end of this podcast. The last 20 minutes or so have just been utter rambling nonsense um but if you haven't listened to the podcast go back and do listen to it. andy and mike talking about their favorite or hutchie's favorite town 11 it's keith della this weekend we're all going to do one it's going to be tremendous Stu, uh myself and rossi very different and eclectic we've also got carl fuller coming up as well so look out for that every sunday morning 6am in your podcast feed and also rossi will be back with a fan social um which will be out friday um anything else to mention boys before we go off on another digressional path 
I mean, I have, but like, go on, no, it go on. What no, you, it, do, it doesn't need to. No, it Come doesn't on, need to be it? done now. Doesn't need to be done now. We'll do <laughs> Are it. you sure? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it next week. Okay. All right then. Look forward to that next week, friends. Whatever you're doing this weekend, have a great weekend. Remember to support our sponsor. Use the code koamanscape.com for twenty percent off and free delivery. And follow us across all our social medias. That's Kings of Anglia on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Especially YouTube, please. Also, we haven't had a, a five star review on iTunes for a while. So if you fancy writing as one this weekend, no football to watch, or maybe as a build up to the League Two playoff final, the Champions League, uh, bangers in a a, a a review there. And also remember, friends. Whatever you're doing, whatever you take away from this podcast, all this nonsense we've talked, remember the name Tice Delinga, Excelsior, because he is a man who's going to score the goals that take town out next season. Have a great weekend and we'll speak to you next week. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeball, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.